Hello and welcome to the programme. You can visit the website anytime you like, rte.ie forward slash Mooney. So, a very busy show ahead of us tonight. Let's say hello straight away to Niall Hatch, who's out in Greystones. Hello, Niall. All good? All good, yes, Derek. Absolutely. Looking forward to, to chatting to you all about wildlife today. Let's say hello to Aina Nilauna now at home in Terenura. Aina, you've just got back from Cork, where you were launching your book. Did you have a good time? I had a great time in Cork. I haven't been in Cork in ages. Went down on the train and stayed overnight. I was off in Vibes and Scribes getting getting my book launch. I went off for a meal afterwards, came back on the train again the next day. Cork's a great city. I don't know why I don't go there more often. Yes, I concur, Aina. In fact, I was in Cork all week myself, filling in for Dahi O'Shea on the Today programme on TV. So, lucky me, I just happened to be there when you were launching your book and I was in the adoring crowd. I was one of the ones throwing my underwear at you, Aina. But at any rate, I was very impressed by the quality of questions in the Q&A session after the launch. We'll come to that in a moment. But before that, you might just remind people what this latest incarnation is about. Well, Derek, my latest book is called Wild and Wonderful Around the World with Aina. And it's very, you know, as you know, it's a prequel to the one I wrote during COVID called Our Wild World, which was about how the world works. This one is how how I learnt about how the world works, if you like. All my adventures in different habitats under the sea and in woodlands and forests and seeing whales and going to ice caps and all of that kind of thing. How the world is reacting to us as we live there. So we had a, we had a launch in, in Vibes and Scribes, the bookshop in Cork, and the good and the great all came out. And I was talking to Kevin Corker and we were talking about the book and everybody, including yourself, Julie listened and the president of UCC himself, John O'Hallerton, introduced me. So it was a wonderful evening down in Cork and loads of books were sold afterwards, I'm told. Well, good for you, Aina, because you put the work in and you deserve the return. Now, back to the questions I mentioned earlier, because you did an interview with Kevin and then there was a Q&A and there were lots of very interesting topics raised, some very timely indeed, considering that same evening RTE were broadcasting a primetime special about climate change and how it's affecting our biodiversity. And we will come to that with Niall in just a moment. I know some of Niall's colleagues from Birdwatch Ireland featured in that. But at any rate, some of the questions, let's start with this first one, which had to do with the old slogan, reduce, reuse, recycle, which is all about the underlying movement of becoming environmentally conscious, which started back in the 70s, as I understand it. But that slogan is still used to this very day. And one of the ladies in the audience brought this to your attention and asked you, did you agree or words to that effect? And you said, no, get rid of the three R's, concentrate on the one R, the word refuse. Explain, Aina. That's right. I think it should all be replaced by refuse. I was saying, you know, why are we using all this stuff in the first instance? I mean, we think we're wonderful if we use it again or if we actually recycle it. But you're using up the Earth's resources in the first instance. I was pointing out that in actual fact, nobody in Ireland ever had died of thirst. This is not the Sahara, for example. And yet, how many people go around dragging bottles of water with them, buying them all the time, using plastic for this one single use plastic? Similarly, with cups of coffee, go around with one hanging out of your face all the time you could at least have a keep cup about it so refused I was saying refused to be taking new stuff all the time refused to add to the drain on the world's resources there were never so many people and there's only so much resources and it's causing all this problems so some of the problems on earth anyway so refuse is the new word no reduce for use and recycle refuse and then there won't be any need for reduce for use and recycle 
And the other question I particularly liked had to do with not the birds and the bees, but the birds and the politicians. And somebody in the audience said, Aina, who would you trust more to plant a tree? A thrush, which is a bird, or a politician? Yeah, that was a very good one, all right, because as we know, thrushes eat the berries of trees like holly and they excrete the stone half an hour later and then it falls on the ground and a new holly tree will grow. So anywhere the bird is up in a tree, another tree can be produced out of what they drop down underneath. Whereas politicians, I'm afraid looking at trees in Ireland, it seems to be quite a political issue in fact. And when you talk about forestry in Ireland, how much of Ireland is covered with forest? 11%, we all know this. But the shocking thing is that that's the second worst in Europe after Malta. But even more shocking is that it's been 11% since the 1990s. We have not afforested any more than that. Now, Creature are the semi-state body who own a lot of the forests in our name. And what they do is reforest. They cut down their forest, they harvest the timber and they replant. But afforestation, getting more land under forestry, is absolutely beset with all kinds of strictures. You have to have planning permission to plant anything more than a hectare of land. Anything more than that, you have to get planning permission you have to apply for that it takes ages to get all of this is too much restriction for people to do and it's not happening and grants are given for this but culture can't be given grants because one arm of the government can't be given grants to a semi-state body and the result is that we're still at the same 11% of which maybe 8% 9% is, is single species Sitka spruce and I was pointing out a single species Sitka spruce spruce is a great tree grows very fast it's evergreen and it sucks up car- carbon at twice the rate that an oak tree will do because obviously sickly spruce has its leaves all the year round and the oak tree only has them half the year. But a forest of Sitka spruce is a crop. Make no mistake about that. It's a crop. It's used for industry, for cutting down trees, for timber. And the timber, when it's put into houses, holds on to that carbon. So from a climate point of view, from fighting against climate change, your Sitka spruce is twice as effective as an oak tree. But when we look at wildlife biodiversity and you look at a Sitka spruce forest, single species, all the same age, no light going through, and you look at a native woodland with oak and hazel and holly and alder and all of the native trees there instead, different ages, different ways of light getting in, no light in the summer because the leaves are closed, light in the winter when the leaves are gone, you have much, much greater biodiversity there. So it shouldn't be a case of either or, one of the spawn of Satan and the other of the Holy Grail. We need more of both in actual fact in this country and this is where our politicians should all be saying we want more trees instead of saying oh it's blocking our view and there's too many trees here already and we've done our bit in our county, the other county should be doing more. Trees should not be a a political issue. Leave it to the thrushes. Music to the ears of Niall Hatch, I have no doubt. Now, Niall, I know that you watched with great interest that primetime special the other evening because some of your colleagues featured in it. And Aina has just been talking about the lack of biodiversity in our woodland here. And this is what this programme was about. What is happening to our biodiversity? Yes, absolutely. I watched it with great interest and I have to say with great concern. It's something that we've discussed many times on the programme over the years, this biodiversity crisis that we're currently in and how that's linked to the climate crisis. I don't think you can look at uh, the two independently. I think that they're both very much linked to each other. One leads to the other and it's kind of a a circular kind of thing. The less biodiversity we have, the more climate risk there is, the more climate change there is, the less biodiversity we have. So it's like this vicious cycle. So it's very concerning and I think there's a lot of wake-up calls for us here in Ireland on that. If If you look at the fact that, you know, 60 
83% of our bird species are considered threatened. Uh, we have 85% of our protected habitats in Ireland are considered to be in unfavourable or poor condition. Uh, a third of our bee species, for example, are at risk of extinction. It really doesn't paint a very rosy picture at all, I'm afraid. The question is always, Niall, what can we do about it? It does seem overwhelming sometimes, doesn't it? And people think that what can we in Ireland, a small country, do about it? Well, the fact of it is there's many things that we can do. Uh, our environmental record in this country is among the worst in all of Europe. And we can definitely do things to address that by demanding more of the powers that be to, to stick up for us. Because, of course, biodiversity, it's not just something that's nice to have. Nature isn't just a, a treat for the good times. It's intrinsic to our well-being. It is what drives the quality of our air, our soil, our water, our agriculture, our international reputation, our physical and mental well-being. Being. It's really vital for all of these things. So we shouldn't just accept it that this is the way it is and that progress means that we have fewer animals and plants than we used to. That's just not acceptable. And other countries don't see it the same way necessarily. Having said that, all across Europe, we do have big problems with biodiversity. We need to do a lot more to protect our officially protected areas. Many of them are just protected on paper only. And more should be done to safeguard those habitats. And I think that a lot more needs to be done to assist farmers and landowners in particular who are trying to do the right thing by nature uh, and for all of us, therefore, to be properly compensated and assisted in the work that they're doing. I think that that's really, really vital. I think that we need to make it a lot easier and a lot more uh, sustainable mm. for farmers to, to think about biodiversity and to farm with nature in mind. Because in doing that, they're benefiting every single one of us and making a better future for us and, and those who come after us. So I think that's really vital and we need to maybe switch our ideas about what is really economically important. We'll put a link to that primetime special on our website, rte.ie forward slash Mooney. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it there or the RTE player. And if you've already seen it and want to see it again, well, you know what to do. All right.